Welcome to the Stack of Stats podcast. It is week two of the NFL, and I am your host, Pam Maldonado, joined by my girl, Kelly in Vegas, and together we're bringing you all of the analytics behind the NFL bets. Kelly, my girl, we had a pretty good week one, I'm going to be honest. How are you feeling after week one went down? You know, Pam, I text my friend group chat, and I'm like, how are we not rich? Like, how did I not hit a three-team dog parlay why, why, why? And it was because I did what I told you I was going to do. I just had my teasers and my best bet. And then I had the Steelers, $0 on Steelers money line. I, I, yes, listen, I know I'm disgruntled a lot and I get on myself a lot, but that's because I strive for perfection in weeks like that or what I live for in the NFL. And uh, I did not uh, have a bad weekend, but I did not have the weekend that should have been. I should have woke up Monday morning just like, doing this, uh, the snow angel and the pile of cash. Like that's how good week one was. And I was kind of frustrated with myself, but we went four and one, which is super exciting. And, uh, I got knocked out of every single survivor pool possible except for one. So the bloodbath, uh, did ensue on that side, but overall I'm excited for this NFL season. Well, let me go ahead and tell you, we did go four and one. And I'm actually really excited about that because your best bet with the Vikings, that worked out. My best bet with the Browns, that worked out. But I know that you said you went five and zero with another pair that you had. But we were right there because we talked about backing the Steelers. We talked about backing the Ravens, the Giants, the Seahawks. We were so dang close. So I'm feeling pretty good because last year, last season was our first season having just a you and me partner group. And we only had five weeks of four and ones. And to start out right out of the gate with the four and one, last year we started three and two. To me, that already says huge improvement. So I'm happy with that. I'm really looking forward to... I feel, I feel good. I feel good about my process. I feel good about your process. I feel good about this dynamic. So, okay, I know I say it every week. I know I say it every week. Can we get a 5-0? and I am so desperate for a 5-0. and I don't know why I want one uh, it so was, it badly. Was so within reach last week too, Pam. And I think that's where I should focus on. We had four winners. Let's go. But all I can think of is how did we lose the one game? I also had the Jags in a teaser, so that worked out for me. But how did, where did we go wrong in our process? It, did we go wrong or did we just pick the one out it of the was, three winners we had? It was, I think it was, we picked just the, we picked the one loser and it was my bad because I liked the Jags and I, fuck, I, I shouldn't have had the Jags. I agree with you. <laughs> it wasn't like I put up some big fight and said, Pam, absolutely not. We're not taking the Jags. And then we did. I agree with you. I told you, I, I teased them. It wasn't, I wasn't high on Carson Wentz either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I was cheering for really hard because he's on my fantasy team. But outside of that. I wasn't overly impressed with what the commanders were able to do. And I think we get a ball or two bounce our way and we would win an easy 5-0. and Yeah, we were so close. So I'm not feeling bad about it at all because really we went like 8-1. and one. So I'm going to feel good about that. But it is a new week. It is week two. <laughs> That's where my brain is at today. It is week two of the NFL, so I'm looking forward to that. So just a reminder of what it is that we are doing. We are making five against the spread contest picks each week in the NFL. Automatically in is Kelly's best bet. Automatically in is my best bet. And then together we try to come up with the three. 
I'm going to tell you, I'm fucking terrified this week because I liked only like three games. <laughs> and so I'm just like, I like my best bet and then not really much else. So I'm a little bit worried between where we stand this week. How are you feeling about the week two options? You know, at first, Pam, I hated this week, too. I hated this week in college on Monday. I'm in a hotel room in Kansas City trying to get some work done uh, before I flew home. And I'm looking, and I'm like, God, this week. And that was in college. And then I started looking at NFL, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's overreaction week. Let's go. What did we learn last week? Where Where is everybody completely blowing everything out of proportion and how do Pam and I capitalize on it? How do I capitalize on it for those that follow me? Whatever it may be. So I've actually, uh, my one of my other girlfriends that is newer to betting asked me like for my card this week. And she's like, hey, can you send me your card? And I sent her seven games. And she goes, I only need five. I go, pick five, any five outside of, <laughs> you have to take this one. It's my best bet. And she goes, really? And I said, that's the problem. I like two games a lot. And I like four games quite a bit. And then there's even two more that I could add on that I'm like, okay, I can make a case for this team. So I think between your best bet, maybe one or two other ones that you like, we can definitely uh, sift through some stuff. See, what <sighs> you got. that's the beauty of the show, right? I come with all the stuff that I learned throughout the week that I didn't already know. You come with any other little tidbits that, you know, you have done shows with other people they come up with. That's the best part about being able to do this for a living is that somebody else is going to point out something that maybe you missed. Well, let's go ahead and talk about your week one, because you did say that you're going to try to be as disciplined as you could and really only bet, put actual dollars on your best bet and try to stay away from everything else or put like half units. Did you follow through with your own advice and do that? I did. So last week, I only okay. had bet the Vikings and the Steelers. I did have a ton of teaser bets, just as like I do this week. And I already mentioned that. Uh, but as of right now, I'm in... One, two, three. I'm in six different office football pool groups, right? Office football pool is kind of like uh, play against your buddies or whatever, right? Like for like season long, you throw in some money. And last year I took first and second in one of them and I didn't get invited back. So <laughs> this year uh, I joined a couple new ones. I told my friends, I said, if you got to invite me. And one of them's a pick seven. And that's where I think oh. I got to this whole list. Imagine picking five NFL games. Now you got to pick seven. It's gross. Oh my God, that's brutal. It, that is absolutely brutal. I did go brutal. five and two in that one last week. And so listen, just because I'm not betting every single one of these games doesn't mean I don't have action on them in some form or fashion, right? right? Like this right. week, I'm taking the Broncos in my survivor pool. I'm not going to bet the Broncos. But do I think the Broncos are going to lose at home? I do not. And the only better place to take them would be the Jets. So just because I like the Broncos and a survivor doesn't mean I'm going to get to the window with the team. That's where mm -hmm. we kind of got to decide, like, what is the most important? And I think you and I doing the best bets and then figuring out the other three makes the most sense. Yeah. So for me last week, I did my best bet of the Browns. I did your best bet of the Vikings. I did exactly those two bets, plus the te teased both of them. 3-0 and weekend for me. It was perfect. I'm going to do this every single week. My best bet, your best bet, and tease both. I if they, if, if it's a yeah, teaser I, option. I, I didn't bet your best bet, but I did have them in a teaser already. And I'm like, listen, this is a Browns team. Like, I just want to cheer for them to win. At this point, <laughs> just win the damn game. So I don't even have to sweat That's this. weird. Well, your best bet for this week. I definitely don't dislike it, but I am worried about the number. I want to make sure you're aware. You sent me that your best bet for the week was Saints plus three at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the contest, it is two and a half. 
I'm assuming you're still fine with that. Yeah, the contest does that, right? They're going to do that. They're going to put things on a half point here and there to kind of try to throw you off. I did get three uh, with the Saints, but I'm not worried about it. I have the Saints on the money line. I have the Saints in a teaser. The Saints, this Saints team absolutely owns the Bucs, and even more so yeah. since Tom Brady has been in Tampa. This is a Jameis Winston-led team that last week really showed me some grit. If you remember, we talked about Atlanta plus five and a half. And I said, man, I think they could lose this game. Do I, do I really want to bet Atlanta? And I kind of went back and forth and I overthought it from a betting perspective. But what I saw in that fourth quarter was Jameis Winston doing what he does best. And that is good Jameis Winston does best, not Jameis that throws a bunch of interceptions. 13 for 16, 212 yards, two touchdowns, and an absolute bomb to Jarvis Landry. And that is what I'm expecting from this New Orleans team. There's a reason why I bet them over their season win total, bet them to win their division. I love them here. This is like a total quintessential type play where, I'll be honest with you, the Bucs, yeah, sure, Sunday night. Or excuse me, uh, yeah, I'm sitting on the plane. Uh, I, I'm sorry, that was in the sports book with Megan in Kansas City. We're sitting in the sports book. I'm like, God, I'm getting so tired. We had been in a NASCAR race all day. And I'm like, is this the most boring Sunday night game I've ever watched? And the Dallas Cowboys defense did not even put up a fight. And all the Bucks did was score 19. I was not impressed. Uh, Tom Brady in primetime, we all know I love to fade him. I had Dallas and some teasers. <laughs> It didn't work out for Old me, man Brady. I think the the overreaction here is, yep, the Bucs are back. They're going to win the Super Bowl again. And listen, whenever whenever the starting quarterback goes out for another team, uh, whenever you just have absolutely – I mean, I cannot say how disappointing the Cowboys were. I mean, offensively, I was absolutely floored. I'm surprised uh, McCarthy still has a job. But that being said – uh, this is more of a play on what we saw last week. Don't overreact too much. I'm getting two and a half, in my opinion, uh, with the better team. In particular, what I can back up with stats, the better defense plus the points. You're talking about how the Saints defense absolutely owns Tom Brady. And yeah, I mean, there's data to actually back that up. Tom Brady, 0-4 straight up and against the spread versus the Saints with Tom Brady. That's the Bucks with Tom Brady behind center. And this is the stat that kind of really gets me. And I'm a little bit worried, I'll be honest, but I have to throw it out there just because I am that analytical nerd. New Orleans pressured Brady on 32% of his dropbacks in those 0-4 games. But the Saints in week one... They were dead last in pressure rate. Do you think that all that had anything to do with like a week one vibe? They were on the road, taking time to gel, or they're just going to clean it up here this week against the Bucks? Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was impressed by that defense last week. I also do think the Falcons are a little bit better than anybody was willing to give them credit for. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. The Saints team looks like it's begging me to bet them, just begging. But you know, just like last week with the Vikings, those divisional home dogs just speak to me. They, If the math works mm -hmm. out, that's why I said three. The line should be three. The contest is two and a half for that reason. I do believe that the Saints are going to win this game, and that's why two and a half versus pick them doesn't really matter to me. I love it. And one thing that I did love about the Bucks in favor of your pick um, is that the Bucks ran 28 plays inside of Dallas territory. Inside Dallas territory, 
only came out with one offensive touchdown. So it may look like he is back, but we know how bad Dallas was last week, and you only were able to come out with one offensive touchdown. That's definitely worrisome. I love the Saints at home. I totally agree on board with your pick. Automatically in, Kelly's best bet, Saints plus two and a half against the Bucks. Now for my best bet, Kelly! Oh my God. Now, remember last week how I told you I have an ugly bet? I have, it's like the ugly one on the up on the board. And it really wasn't even that bad. It was the Browns. It wasn't that well, bad at all. Well, this week, it's fucking bad. This it's week, it Jets. is bad. It's it is the Jets. I, I will it. not bet the Jets. I, I will not I bet the Jets. It. I will not bet the Jets. And here I am betting the Jets. That's my okay, best Okay, so I do a show bet. on Wednesdays. And Marco D'Angelo gave oh, no. out the Jets. And I, I was like, absolutely not. And in that moment, I guarantee you can see it on video. My <laughs> face dropped. I go, holy fuck, it's going to be Pam's best bet is going to be the Jets. Like, I'm sick to my stomach. I knew <sighs> in that moment that was going to be your best bet. I know. Way, and he lined it up perfectly. I'm like, nope, I have to have the Jets now. I, you have to, because if I'm backing yours, you got to back mine, girl. That's just how it works. This is a two way relationship. We got a good thing going. I trust you. You got to trust me. And I, it has to be really definitive for me to want to back the Jets. And I'm telling you, it's pretty definitive. I will not bet the Jets. Except here we go, week two against the Browns. But listen, okay, so last week I was high on the Browns, right? And it's because of that really good rushing offense from the Browns against a really bad Panthers defense. Well, the Jets' defense, they actually held Baltimore rushing offense to three yards per rush attempt on 21 attempts. 61% of Cleveland's yardage in week one was gained via the rush. That was the highest rate in the league. Should have a little bit more difficulty here against a Jets rushing defense. So for me, if you take away that run game, answer this question, Kelly. What is the disparity between Jacoby Brissett and Joe Flacco? Is there one? I don't, I honestly thought, and this is just full disclosure, I didn't get a chance to watch the game that much this week. I literally thought, okay, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, no drop off. Joe Flacco looked pretty bad. I mean, that's just full disclosure. I watched snippets either in the sports book or on my phone at the Mm -hmm. NASCAR race. Mm -hmm. I, I just, oh man. I, this is for the reason why this team's on my do not bet list is because they don't cover games, particularly early on in the season. So I just I write them off and uh. then they mess around in like November and December and start covering games. That's my only my only thing. But I, I, I trust you. I know some really smart guys that are on them as well. I think John Murray gave that out on a podcast that said that was going to be their biggest need this weekend. And I'm like, oh, God, I still can't do it. Well, for me, there is no difference between Jacoby Brissett and Joe Flacco. I know that Flacco kind of looked fluky. I call him fluky Flacco. But, I mean, Brissett went passing. He was 31st in completion percentage. He had the lowest yards per pass attempt in the league in week one. And Jets lost to the Ravens. It really wasn't that bad. They lost 24 to 9. But you got to look at the box scores. You can't just look at a score line and be like, oh, a team covered. Great. I had it right. A team covered didn't cover. Great. Whatever. You have to look at the box score because in the details is where it all matters. And for the Jets, they had an interception that led to just three points for the Ravens. For Joe Flacco to throw an interception and instead of giving up a touchdown, you gave up just a field goal. 
I'm happy with that. The Jets then missed a field goal. They fumbled at the Baltimore 20, and then they had a turnover on downs. So Flacco himself has over 300 passing yards. He is a very capable quarterback. I think this is a definitely more of a more, this is more of a susceptible defense for the Browns. It's a different type of matchup than what we saw last week against the Browns with the Panthers. So I, it's my best bet. I can't do nothing with it. I can't do anything with it. I will not bet the Jets, except in week two of the NFL. <laughs> So it is what it is. Uh, listen, I, I got to go with it. I, I'm definitely not. Well, look, we're looking at the reverse line movement. Came off the key number of seven. I just, I, I hope you're right. I hope that Jacoby Brissett throws a pick six and we get the cover. Because I need them still to lose, though, because don't forget I have their underseason win total. Well, then, those are our best bets automatically locked in, yours and mine. And then the rest of the card, I think, is going to be kind of goes to shit because you and I really didn't agree on a lot in the games that you liked. I was like, I have no clue. In the games that I liked, you didn't send me on the on your list at all. So let's start first with a game that was my second best bet, my backup best bet. You liked the Panthers. I like the Jets, and I feel pretty strongly about the Jets laying two points on at home um, because last week it was from in week one it was about fading the Carolina rushing defense and backing Nick Chubb. What did Nick Chubb do? He ran the ball for a load of yards. And in week two, it's about it's the same storyline for me. You're fading the Carolina rushing defense, except this time you're backing Saquon Barkley. The Giants had the number one rushing offense in week one, so. I know that he had 164 rushing yards over the Titans. The Titans last year had a much better rushing defense. One of the best defenses. They were top five against the run last season. So maybe it was just like one a week one situation, but he had nine yards per rush attempt. The problem is that people are, I've been seeing people's storylines of it's very hard to duplicate because he had 101 yards on just two carries. So there was a very explosive run. But for me, that, ability that option for him to have that explosiveness is there because of how vulnerable the rushing defense is for Carolina last year 26 in opponent rushing percentage gave up 140 rushing yards to Dalvin Cook lost gave up 143 yards to Ezekiel Elliott lost gave up 217 yards last week to the Browns now I'm comparing Saquon Barkley to Nick Chubb no but he's healthy and that's what's most important for me is we haven't really seen him put up this production because he's in and out of injury. It's week two. He's healthy. He had a great week one. Kind of cannonball that into, into week two. No? Yeah, it's, it's tough for me. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've, I've, I think the jury's still out on Brian Dabble, right? Like, I don't know what we're going to see. What I did see versus the Titans is he showed some guts, right? I appreciate mm-hmm. coaches that have a set. And then and the Giants just haven't seen that. So I think that there's a lot of hype and a lot of overreaction to how good this Giants team may be. Did the Titans shoot themselves in the foot on multiple occasions in that game? Absolutely. I had them in my uh, survivor pool and I saw the writing on the wall that I was somehow going to lose that game. Uh, Carolina, I did text you. They are in a teaser for me. But they are just 2-13 and 13 against the spread in their last 15 games. I'll be honest with you. This is a complete stay away for me at this point okay. in time. I just can't. I'm not ready to make the Giants a home favorite, even though right. I do think that there will be some excitement after them being 1-0. and But I, I need 
to see more from Carolina's offensive line. And I need to see Christian McCaffrey not get absolutely shut down like we saw last week before I'm willing to bet Carolina here. You're talking about Brian Dable and how much of a positive effect that he's had on this team, on this offense. I believe that, yes, he had the balls last week, which is why they came out with a win. Um, But it's even worth noting that maybe it's helping with Daniel Jones' confidence here a little bit because Daniel Jones completed 78% of his passes under pressure in week one for seven and a half yards per pass attempt. Last year, he completed 51% of his passes for five and a half yards per pass attempt. So if you have a good coach that is giving you the good vibes <laughs> and you know that he's going to let you sling it, let you do your thing because he's putting his trust into Daniel Jones, that is building a good coach uh, and playmaker a relationship. I believe in Brian Dable. Therefore, I believe in Daniel Jones and this offense. And you'd say away for you. Great. All right. Another option. <laughs> I, I Another. need to find something else that we can agree on a little bit better than a game that I just kind of have written off at this point in time. Okay. So then you did send me that one of your leans was taking the Washington Commandies is what you call them. Plus one and a half at the Lions. Uh, Carson Wentz, he threw two interceptions. Jags was our only loss last week. And that was fading Carson Wentz in Washington. And here we are now backing them against the Lions. But Carson Wentz, he threw for two interceptions. Every bit showed us that he is still capable of being the Carson Wentz that we all know. But other than that, I mean, honestly, Carson Wentz is pretty good. He had a 66% completion, four passing touchdowns, over 300 yards. But the problem for me, and this is what everyone is probably contemplating as well, was that the last time Detroit was favored was week 11 in 2020. And I know people want to talk about of how good of a against the spread Detroit is, but that's an as an underdog, 12 and 6 against the spread as an under, underdog, 2 and 2 against the spread as a favorite dating back to the 2020 season. This Lions defense, they gave up 216 rushing yards to Philadelphia, 455 total yards of offense. Um Washington, I don't uh, the pass rush maybe is going to be the big factor for me. You have Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, Jared Goff 30th in pressured completion last season. I like, I love Washington. And I know it was more of a lean for you. Yeah, I like Washington a lot here, actually, Pam. And it's uh, started to grow over the last day and a half since I sent you my list. This is a Lions team that I think has a lot of growing to do. And I think Dan Campbell is the guy to grow this team. But they have been underdogs in their last 25 games for a reason. Last Mm -hmm. week, They were down in the fourth quarter yet again to the Eagles, and they came roaring back. I have been to four Lions games ever, and every single one of them have been like that. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. But I can tell you right now, they are a terrible home favorite. Six and 19 against the spread. Five straight up and against the spread when favored by three points or less. I am all over the commies this week, and that is – Something that I will be getting to the window with. I also really put the, I put them in every single possible teaser. Uh, I do think Carson Wentz deserves a little pat on the back. As you mentioned, he had a nice win over his former coach that mm-hmm. you know, should know him pretty well and be able to have his team ready against him. And that's why you and I talked about liking the Jags last week. I just cannot back the Lions as a favorite here. And I do think that Washington is going to be a little bit better 
than everybody maybe thought that they were going to be. Right. I think Detroit looks like the ultimate trap game for everybody that watched Hard Knocks to say, all right, we're going to back uh-huh. Detroit again because they covered last week. And, and Dan Campbell's the man. Yeah, I love Dan Campbell, but mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm going to bet on his team as a favorite. So that means that we are putting our trust then in Carson Wentz so far and the Jets. <sighs> yeah. <basically, laughs> this could be like a really stressful Sunday. <laughs> Here we are. But we are talking about of how pretty good of a game Carson Wentz did had himself. And you mentioned it. Uh, the Lions, they were down 38 to 21 at the end of the third quarter. And all of their points came up into they scored 14 points in the fourth where the Eagles maybe let their foot off of the gas. But this defense also from the Lions last week, they allowed seven and a half yards per pass attempt. That was 19th in the league. And they gave up 13 and a half yards per carry. That was 30th. Per yards per catch um that was 30th in the league so Carson Wentz with the showing that he had last week paired up with his vulnerable defense from the Lions yep Washington you want to go ahead and lock that one in yes okay then it is locked in all right well Giants you said no to okay so then the only other game that I liked I only had three I told you I liked my best bet and then there was three other games that I considered as options you're not gonna like it. Our card could be complete garbage this week. The Jags plus four at home to the Colts. I know that was our one loss last week. And I'm really starting to debate whether Trevor Lawrence is even a good quarterback. But last week we faded the Colts. I wanted to fade the Colts as one of the options back in the Texans because they were at the time 0-8 in week one. Eventually trends no longer become trends and it becomes a problem. So the Colts against the Jags, one and seven straight up. 0-8 against the spread on the road in Jacksonville since 2015. Under Frank Wright, who I believe is one of the better coaches in the NFL, in weeks one through five, he has trouble winning games. 8-12-1 straight up, but week six on, 29-16. and So there is a huge disconnect going on with this team. Granted, it could be quarterback turnover, a player just swaps – changes within the league within the team that are causing these types of trends to happen but eventually like i said these no longer become trends and it becomes an issue we backed miami last week because it's in florida and we know how hot it gets in miami could that maybe be a reason why the cold struggle in jacksonville i didn't think about that but i would i would argue that jacksonville is every bit of hot as hot as miami so, and some days. Now, it might not be this Sunday, but definitely been there. And it is hotter than the surface of the sun as well. Pam, full disclosure, this was not even a game I looked at. And I don't remember why. Uh, maybe it was. Because it's the Jags. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with that. Maybe it was. Uh, there's a little overreaction to how poorly the Colts played. Maybe it was how good the Texans played. And I said, you know what? I, I really don't have a big opinion here. But. I just uh, jumped in Slack, if you guys don't know what Slack is, uh, with some of uh, my coworkers, and I said, how come I haven't seen anybody on Jacksonville this week? I got some of my notes open. Trevor Lawrence's Jags, 12-1 and against the spread in this series, and they've covered five straight. This is a really good divisional dog. And I'm Mm -hmm. looking at my long note sheet going, why did I not look at this divisional home dog? Because I think you're right. Uh, when Megan and I did a show this year talking about the AFC South, she said, "I is it possible to bet the under on all four teams in the division? I said, no, Megan, don't do that. You're throwing away money. 
Well, in fact, <laughs> maybe she wasn't all that wrong. This is a, this is a weird uh, dichotomy that's going on in the AFC South right now. I mean, we're looking at a team, like you said, uh, the Jaguars and Titans both fell to the Commanders and the Giants. You got the mm-hmm. Colts who tied with the Texans. A tie week one. Uh, but yeah, I think that I don't hate this pick. I really don't. And that's just because, again, I've got a t- couple at the top that I really like. And then the rest are kind of all just on that same level playing field because I have to either pick five or, in this other case, seven games against the spread. Well, okay. So I know that I was also looking at their schedule. And the Jags last season, they only had two wins. Well, where do you think those wins were? Oh, I went away. They were at home. And they played really good defensive ball at home against some of the better teams. We saw how they were against Josh Allen. Yeah. Last week, they were right there in the mix. They were leading the game. The Jags were leading the game. They, so if They you looked have... great. And I swear, I looked over and I was like, what just happened? And Carson <laughs> Wentz does what he does sometimes. And he's good, Carson Wentz. That's all. I think. I don't think that Jags pick was a bad pick. I think we just right. didn't get the right result. We didn't get the right result. Okay. So then... We could automatically put that in, or do you want to discuss some of the other options? Uh, I think we pencil them in. Pin it? Okay. I think we'll pencil them in, and we'll decide uh, a few others. Uh, I'll rattle off just a couple, just for time purposes, and if there's one that you're like, wait, tell me more about it, we can. Uh, I am not in the business of ever laying points on the road, but the Pittsburgh Steelers being two-point home dogs is absolutely insane. Uh, Najee Harris is obviously so questionable. We know uh, TJ Watt is, I'm so used to saying his brother's always injured. TJ Watt uh, (laughs) is out for the rest of the year. I do not understand how in the world people are enamored with Pittsburgh and Mitch Trubisky. They benefited from five turnovers last week. I was on Pittsburgh plus the points, but again, I had $0 on the money line because I didn't think they were going to go in there and win that game. They also benefited Mm -hmm. off a missed field goal and some really bad mistakes by the Super Bowl losing Bengals. I'm going to go ahead and say this. The Pats looked terrible last week in Miami, just like you and I said, but I, I don't see how you don't back Bill Belichick here in a spot where they're just a short road favorite um, over a Pittsburgh team that I think got a little too hyped last weekend. Because it's Mike Tomlin, and you still have – granted, I they don't have t- uh, Watt, but, I mean, you're still talking about – Minka Fitzpatrick? Yeah, you're still talking about they still have really good playmakers on defense, and there's a reason why the Steelers have one of the best home against the spread records in the NFL. There's a reason why they still win 18 – why they still have uh, winning seasons every year, because even without Watt, they still make – Things happen, and in lower scoring games, points become a premium. And we're talking about uh, Mac Jones, who may or may not be injured with the back, may or yeah, may not be sick. Now that. he has a cold. I hadn't gotten an update from that. There was something about back spasms uh, yesterday, but I hadn't seen an update today. I'm going to assume they're just going to, you know, juice him right up, and he'll be just fine. Uh, that's not a game that I love. Uh, that was just one of the ones that was like on my long list, situationally, that I thought was getting a little overblown. Uh, another one is the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I know it's Cooper Rush, and they looked absolutely horrific. But the line should be mm. – with Dak, the line should be Dallas minus one and a half over the Bengals. 
Okay. Yeah. And now you're going to flip it and give me seven points with the Cowboys. That is just a complete overreaction to the line. Uh, we saw how poorly Dak Prescott played, but I- I'm kind of curious to see how that one's going to play out. But it's not even Dak Prescott. The entire <laughs> the entire team looked bad. There was no playmakers. Yes. the I mean, you can't have ah, – Dallas is already stressing me out because, okay, it wasn't just Dak Prescott was the issue. You had problems both defensively. They looked absolutely atrocious. There is no playmakers on the wide receiver end. You already have Cooper Rush, who, when was the last time that he played? Is he even huge drop-off from that? And it is still Joe Burrow. It's only has- a four-and-a-half-point drop-off. That's the interesting part there. That just shows okay. you how poorly Dak Prescott has actually been rated over the last couple of years. That's yeah. my only thing is that if, if it's a pure numbers play, I'd be honest with you. If for some reason this had to make my seventh pick on my pick seven, I just wouldn't watch. I would just be one of those but, like, nope, can't even watch. Don't want to do this to myself. So here's the problem. Last year, the Bengals had one of the best red zone defenses. They just will not let player teams convert uh, drives into touchdowns. They force more field goals than not. This is why the Bengals were also one of the best third quarter defenses. The entire season, the Bengals gave up something like seven total points, 10 total points, the entire season in the third quarter. Well, Dallas last week was the only team to not reach the red zone. And now we have to put our trust they, into Cooper Crush and to Rush. They were the only team not to score a touchdown. I, listen, I totally get it. I'm just saying from a purely numbers overblown perspective, uh, that is where I'd be looking. And then the last one that I am going to be putting in uh, my pick fives, I got to take the Packers here. Green Bay just absolutely owns Chicago. Chicago did not look great last week. They won in a freaking monsoon over Trey Lance, who also didn't look so great. Uh, Green Bay has covered nine straight uh, when coming off a loss since Matt LaFleur. LaFleur has been their head coach. I look for a big-time bounce back. I could see very angry Aaron Rodgers going out there and being able to throw downfield against the secondary. And more importantly, I would hope that the secondary plays better than they did last week, as we always joke, or I always joke on this show. Uh, There's a couple of guys that you just got to throw to every pass, and that's how you beat the Packers, at least in the NFC Championship games. But that uh, that is a lot of points for me to lay. And that's normally not my style, but here we are trying to sift through and find games we can agree on. Well, Packers 6-0 and straight up and against the spread against Chicago under Matt LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers-led teams are 23-5 and all-time against the Bears, but that's straight up. Um, oh, that is so big. Weren't you the one who always said, what was it? I remember you saying last year. When it was double-digit spreads. Double-digit favorites crush in the NFL. Just absolutely crush. Uh, I'd have to ask Ralph for his updated sheets. Uh, Since last week we didn't have any double-digit favorites, this week we have, what, the Broncos and the Rams? All right, fine, let's do it. I trust Aaron Rodgers. They're not a double-digit favorite, though. They're only a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Well, on this, no, they're a ten-point. Are they ten on the contest? Okay. Let me check. Uh, let me, I mean, nine and a half is there. It is a 10 in the contest. Okay. I think the only other one that really kind of caught my eye from a situational standpoint is Tennessee at Buffalo. Uh, speaking of double digits, uh, and catching double digits here, this is a, a bills team that I think looked really great. That opening, 
uh, night, obviously, against the Rams. In fact, I'm I haven't a... seen a team outside of the Chiefs look as good. But I do think that you've got to look at how much Buffalo is maybe being overblown. How good are the Rams really? How bad was some of the play calling that Tennessee made against the Giants? This line is, has gotten out of control. I would have said normally the Buffalo would have been a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, I lean towards the Titans here and could make a case for them in my overreaction kind of brain, but I don't know if I trust Tennessee, and I don't know if just feeding Derrick Henry the ball is going to be good enough here. No. We saw how good of a defense. Buffalo surprised me last week. I'm going to be honest. Uh, We know how good Josh Allen is, but defensively, we know how easy of a schedule the Bills had in the 2021 season playing just against some of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And last year, their defense kind of really surprised me a little bit. And what I don't like about Ryan Tannehill is my favorite thing to bet week after week with the Titans and Ryan Tannehill is his under passing yards. He only had like 250 passing yards like once the entire season because they won. They rely so heavily on that run game. Yes. But two, they just even without Derrick Henry, they were still relying heavily on that run game. He just doesn't have I don't think he has the quarterback ability to contend with somebody like a Josh Allen. When this defense tightens, they were last in the league for rushing yards allowed last week. What do you think Josh Allen's going to do? He himself is going to have like 100 rushing yards because he's just going to run up the ball, all take take control into his own hands and get the job done. 10-point favorites. Right, there's one more that I, that I actually am going to use, and I'm actually okay. probably going to bet them. Uh, yeah. I completely forgot that I had them down on my list, and I just was opening up my Slack, and somebody said, what about Baltimore, Kelly? This is totally a square dog uh, yes. by Miami. And I love that. Oh, I love that. I love that. Good. Okay. Give okay, me a reason, so though. Here, but let's talk about it. Here's my thought process. Love Mike McDaniel, right? I loved seeing his more cojones. I can try to think of a better word, but he went for it on fourth and seven on the New England 42, and I was like, let's go. Like, that's the kind of coach I want to back, right? Mm-hmm. My problem is when they play New England the following week, they don't cover games. Right. In fact, they haven't covered the last seven. Now, I know you could argue different quarterbacks, different coaches, but we know that that game takes so much out of the Dolphins. And as you mentioned, I didn't think that the Jets were that bad against Baltimore, but I also don't think Baltimore really showed their hand. I think they kept a lot close to the vest and did that on purpose. Now you've got a veteran head coach in Harbaugh versus a rookie head coach in McDaniels, I, I just, I really just think that this looks like a quintessential, come on guys, let's bet the Dolphins. Everybody line right up. They're the square dog of the week. Everybody so is going to want to back them. And I could see an absolute walloping by the Ravens here. Well, let's go ahead and think of why it is that we took Miami last week. One, yes, the defense, the matchup itself of the defense of how good Miami um all the playmakers that they potentially had, but what there was something that you said in week one that was a solidified why, yes, we wanted to take it. And it's why I wanted to also consider the Jags because it's playing in Miami. And you said that something that the Patriots were something like one and nine or something against the spread playing in Miami. 
Well, that is a huge factor. You're not in Miami this week. You're in Baltimore. So actually, if you didn't know, like Miami is one of the best home against the spread teams since the 2020 season with um, Tua Tungavaloa. They have the best against the spread record in the NFL at home. And that was a reason why I also wanted to back Miami because I knew that tidbit information going in. But when you take Miami out of Miami, where are they? They're still pretty good. Eight, six, and one since 2020. But that's 57% compared to the, what, the 90% that they were earlier. I think that this is a huge overreaction into how good Miami looked last week. I'm not going to say overreaction. Um, Three and a half. I don't know what the line should be. I'm not good at doing that type of stuff. But I do know that Baltimore, are you worried about the injury concerns? That Baltimore is kind of down I think Injuries you always have again. to worry about that with Baltimore. I mean, if you look at last year, their entire team was just banged up. Uh, I think it's already built into the line. I think this line is really short because they're anticipating getting tons of Dolphins money. And I think they go, let's go three and a half just because that extra hook, just like we talked about with two and a half with the Saints, they're trying to bait money on a certain side. I like the three and a half here with the Ravens. And I uh, can't believe I almost overlooked it on this show. It's just, like you said, it's Friday afternoon. I got my, I, I'm doing a Pam right now. I got a, my vitamin drink ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I'm going to the swamp tomorrow with my dad. I got to prep my liver. So lots of things going on uh, this Friday afternoon. But yeah, I, I really, really, I would say the Ravens is probably my second favorite pick. And that is as of the last probably 10 hours. So here's my concern, but then here's an answer to that concern. That Baltimore last week, we were talking about it earlier, gave up 300 passing yards to Joe Flacco. Okay, that's a problem. But Baltimore is already showing that this pass rush is going to be really, really strong. And Tua Tungavaloa last week against New England, though they did come out with a 20-7 to win, he was still sacked three times. So you give me a quarterback in Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson over Tua Tungavaloa, who's going to have the better offensive line protection? That's going to be the Ravens. Who's going to have the stronger pass rush? That is the Ravens. And they're playing at home. They coming off a road win last week. We took Miami because they were playing at home in great, tough, hot weather conditions against a Patriots team. I super good. I feel good about that. Lock it in. Listen, I think if, if Lamar, if Lamar can run against this Dolphins defense, I think it's going to be a very long day for them. Now, if they can shut him down and force him to throw, I may be eating my words. Okay. So I think that's five. Was there that any other five. option that you want to consider? Because right now we have your best bet of Saints plus two and a half at home against the Bucks. My best bet of the Jets. Let me <laughs> slow down and say that. My best bet of the Jets plus six and a half at home uh, at the Browns. And then the other three that we decided on was Washington plus one and a half against the Lions. Packers minus 10 at home to the Bears and then Ravens minus three and a half at home to the Dolphins. Do you like that card? Was there any other option that you wanted to consider more? No, I definitely, I definitely like that card. I'm super happy with it overall, considering that you started off by saying we're not going to, there's no way we're going to agree on five. I think we did a pretty good job of agreeing on five. Then I love our card. I really do love our card, and I'm so glad that you said Ravens because I had just talked about the Ravens like two hours ago, and I had already forgotten about them. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what I literally said. I'm like, it's Friday <laughs> afternoon. How did I forget about the Ravens? Uh, that's because I left half of my notes sitting on the couch, uh, but it is what it is. I'm glad that I was I had Slack open to talk to some other people. Well, then that is our five against the spread contest picks for week two of the NFL. 
Last week went went four and one. I would really hope to go five and zero this week. I'm telling you what I'm doing. Just as a reminder, I am taking actually putting dollars on my best bet, Kelly's best bet, and then doing a teaser if it allows. This week it doesn't because the Jets are plus six and a half, so I'm taking both of those. Our five against the spread contest picks: Saints plus two and a half at home to the Bucks. Kelly's best bet. My best bet, Jets plus six and a half at the Browns. And then the other three that we combined on is Washington plus one and a half at the Lions. Packers minus 10 at home to the Bears. And the Ravens minus three and a half at home to the Dolphins. This is a three and a with the Jets on the card. A five and a with the Jets on the card. <laughs> the Jets. Pam, I'm just, you know what I'm going to do on Sunday? I'm going to watch every game but that one. And no. I'm just going to wait for your text when they win. Or they cover, and I'm just going to say, see, there we go. It wasn't that bad. It's going to be fine. Or you can sweat it out with me, and we can just be sending each other like, fucking shit, no, I can't I believe this is on like our card. This week where I don't <laughs> have to sweat it. I, I need easier games in my life. And okay. uh, that this is – This is not one of those games. No, it's not. And it's going to be a tough one, but uh, I'm here for it. I understand situationally what we're going to see uh, with Cleveland next week. And uh, it's it's a great it's a great sandwich spot to bet the Jets, even though it makes me physically ill to think about it. Well, you know what? I'm no longer in contest prep, which means that I can consume alcohol now. So I may have an adult beverage on Sunday as I watch the Jets. Uh, you may need a couple of those. Don't don't pass out on me or anything. I know you're a lightweight, uh, but we'll see how we'll see how it plays out. Uh, man, oh, oh man. Five and zero. Fingers crossed. It happens. Five and zero, that, baby. Let's go. Uh, do make sure to follow follow Kelly on Twitter at Kelly in Vegas. Do make sure to follow me on Twitter at Pamela M thirty five. And do come back next Friday for another episode of Stacked of Stats Friday Five with Kelly in Vegas as we put together our five against the spread contest picks each week in the NFL. And now we are going live on YouTube. Today is day one. I'm trying it out. I wanted to try something new and let, give me comments, leave the feedback, subscribe, like, do all the things, and check us out next week. And until I then, good luck with your bets, and we will see you next time.